This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 461 for September 15th, 2020. Yes, we are inching towards the Series X and S release less than two months to go. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I am very, very happy to have the whole crew back with me this week. Miranda Sanchez, always good to see you. Oh, good to see you. Destin Legary, bam it up for me, please. Bam. Hey, everybody. Nice. Very subdued. I like that. You're reserved, just holding it in check. Save your energy for the show. And uh, welcoming him back from a little little time off after a crazy busy event season. Good to see you, Brandon Tyrell. It's good to be back. Thanks. <laughs> you got to wake up for the show, though. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm still getting into my rhythm. Second I day back you, at work. I hear you. Well, uh, I wonder, has so has anyone caught the Easter eggs behind me yet? I wonder no. if anybody watching or if because it's Ryan, they're Easter's just subtle back there. They're just subtle, right? Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, I see. They're fake. Uh, pulling, FYI. pulling a fill. Yeah, you pr- exactly. Like, yeah, uh, I'm t- I'm doing I'm doing shows with consoles hiding in the background in plain sight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they they're just for display only. If you didn't see on IGN, uh, when would that have been? I can't. I don't remember what day things happen anymore. Some point last week. Uh, they gave us, they sent those along. They're just dummy units. They're hollow. There's nothing inside them. Mm-hmm. But at least you got to see what they're, I guess I'll go get them. But uh, you can, there's a whole 56 image slideshow on IGN. If you Google IGN Xbox Series X comparison picks, you should find it. All right. All right, I'm back. So yeah, here's a. Uh, you can see the the little optical illusion, the cool green that we all thought was the lights at first, but it's just the the bottom parts of those vent holes. But yeah, it's it's neat to actually see it and have it see it in my entertainment center and what it's going to look like. And then the other big thing, of course, is it, this thing really is tiny. This Series S. If you're listening yeah. on audio, I'm holding up the Series S dummy, and it is. Very small. Uh, they are not kidding when they say it's the smallest Xbox ever. But yeah, it, good it to really have... does. Just you holding it, like you you are grabbing it in the middle, and it takes up the middle third of the console. Just your hand. Yeah, yeah. It's three <laughs> exactly. hands high. I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you can check out that whole gallery. We compared it to. I basically compared it to every console I have in my house, which sadly did not include an original VCR Xbox One. Those are all back at the office uh, when the office is locked down and nobody goes in. So, uh, yeah. But I do have a, an Xbox 360 that I compared it to the the, the series. The, ironically, the S, the 360 S, uh, and then the Switch. And I've got a PS4 and a PS4 Pro here. So check all that out on IGN if you really want to see some nice up close pictures of them and some com- uh, comparison pictures to other consoles. Miranda, you got to play. Call of Duty Black Ops multiplayer, which is obviously going to be one of the biggest games this fall. It is every year. Black Ops Cold War multiplayer. Quick impressions. I know you wrote, wrote up a thing and have a video on IGN, but what'd you think? Yeah, I was about to say every year. Always always one of the big <laughs> ones. Uh, my first big takeaway was that I'm really excited about the RPG. Uh, whenever I was recording the VI, I just did a little, yay! 
<laughs> this is not going to make it into the preview. Uh, but so I, I've been playing Call of Duty for a very long time. The RPD was my first favorite weapon. Uh, and I am always determined to make LMGs work. It's like, if someone tells me, it's like, fetch isn't happening. It's like, you know what? I'm going to make it happen anyway. You can't tell me what to do. And that's how I feel about LMGs. So a lot of weird crossovers right there. But, you know, here I am. That's what I do. Um, I only got to spend about three hours with it. And I was not playing in ideal settings. I made the mistake of playing on a PS4 Pro instead of PC. And I was just like, you know, because we were, we were in a mixed lobby. So that will be returning if that's a question you have. Right. Um, and uh, I have not really spent much time with my PS4 lately. And so I was just like, what do I do with this controller? <laughs> I know, but just going from my uh, Elite Series 2 to that, I was like, oh. Uh, anyway, that, that comment aside... Uh, I, I am curious about it. Uh, it's hard to speak to balance or map balance uh, when you play for such a limited time and only a few times on yeah. each map across different kinds of game modes. Uh, I I had fun with the new game mode they had, which is uh, VIP escort. The whole idea is you have one person who's your VIP and you have to get them extracted first team to four points wins. And it's tough because you have to communicate. And I think some yeah. of the most successful Call of Duty modes are the ones that don't make you communicate with your team. <laughs> just because, like, you want to be able to, to, to run and gun and, like, kind of do a, a lone wolf thing if, if you want. And that one definitely relies more on having teamwork because the VIP is chosen at random. So it's not necessarily going to be the person who's the most skilled with a pistol because the VIP is only equipped with a pistol and some grenades so they've got to be really like attached at the hip with somebody or you have to make some plays that are a little bit more crafty so i do appreciate that they're trying to keep adding different modes that add interesting objectives that kind of shake it up for people who are playing with friends uh and i'm curious to see how that's going to go if they have it in the upcoming beta so so that was interesting uh there's also some bigger maps the most notable one I mentioned that was in my preview and I really focused on was Armada, which had set over three different naval ships. Yeah. And you could just like swim around and like, you know, have underwater fights and take a little jet ski and zip around and like get shot off it by a sniper. And, you know, it's just a grand time. So it, it's definitely novel, but it's kind of a pain to get around. So we'll see how that goes. It's mostly because the time to kill so fast. It's like, oh, man, right. I have this cool jet ski and I'm going to go over here to this point. And then you just get sniped in the water. You're like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to do that again. <laughs> maybe, maybe not exactly that, but, you know, it's. It, it'll be interesting, I think. Well, good to good to have your impressions. For much more, check out Miranda's preview on YouTube and or IGN. As for me, uh, as you can see on the screen, I've been playing Tell Me Why, just finally diving into that on Game Pass. And I have to say, it's I am intrigued by the story so far because they, they introduced the two the twins and and they pretty quickly introduced like, oh, they've got this voice where they can basically telepathically communicate with each other. And I'm and, and their their mom died and it's it's uh it it I'm curious to see where it's going. I will say it is extremely telltale like uh, in that there is almost zero gameplay. Like it's it's mm. all narrative. It's which which for some people like I'm into that. If you're not into that, be warned. There it's pretty much you are just walking through a story. In fact, I would say there's there are even fewer dialogue choices. Uh, and seemingly also fewer dialogue choices that impact gameplay and your character uh, than there are in a Telltale game. So it's 
I don't say that as a criticism yet. I'm still way too early in it. I'm, I'm just like probably halfway through part one, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting game and it's, I'm glad somebody's keeping the spirit of those narrative driven telltale like games a lot, even though I know telltales back from the dead, but until they make something, they're still dead in my book. So we'll see what happens there. But anyway, tell me why. Uh, and then I still has, I don't know if anybody's had a chance to play. I still want to play wasteland three too. That's another first party Xbox Studios release that uh, got a pretty good review from IGN. And so it's there are games. They're just, you know, we're they're all current gen games. No, of course, with Halo falling out, nothing, uh, nothing major on the on the Series X horizon. But there are plenty of first party games to play this year. All right. Before we get going with the news proper, uh, as we're recording here on Tuesday, September 15th, not sure when you're listening to this, but there is a pretty good chance that you're going to hear this after the PlayStation 5 event that's tomorrow, September 16th. So at that event, we fully expect a price and release date finally from Sony as well. So I wanted to go around the table here since most people are going to hear or hear this or watch this after the PlayStation event. We have this little bubble in time now where we don't know. And I'm kind of curious what you guys think the prices of the two PS5 consoles and release date are going to be. And then we'll we'll come back. We'll circle back next week and see how wrong we all were. So, <laughs> Destin, I'm going to go your way first. What do you think the price and release date will be for PS5? OK, I, I think they're going to try and compete with Microsoft for sure. So I think they're going to come out at $499 for the uh, PS5 that comes with the disk drive and $399 yeah. for the all digital version. Just uh, eat that uh, $40 price point because, I mean, in the consumer's mind, then that seems like pretty comparable with where Xbox is, even though you can get the Series S at uh, the phenomenal price of $299. Uh, I mean, it just it just gives you like all these different selections as a consumer, right? And um, yeah, hundred bucks more for a PS5. I think a lot of people will jump on that. And for their launch date, I think they're going to launch on the seventeenth. I think they need a little bit more time to handle, their distri- okay. to handle their distribution issues that have been brought up. And um, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at with it. That's my best guess. All right, Miranda, how are you feeling about it, about it, things relative to where we know Xbox is? I think the four ninety nine for the base unit makes a lot of sense. Uh, I kind of went with a weird number for the digital edition at four thirty nine, so okay. it'd be like four forty. Uh, I feel like maybe having it not right on like the fifty dollar mark or the hundred dollar mark would make it seem different or like notable. Yeah. So, also, I'm just trying to throw out some things that give us some variety and predictions. So I think that could be, I don't, like, we, don't, we don't know, but I think it's not going to be a full $100 less. So I thought maybe that could be something that they target for. It's just a little bit less than uh, $450. Uh, and as far as the release date, I think it would be really interesting if they try to come out earlier. So maybe Friday, November 6th, which is very okay. early. And I'm, I'm a little cautious about that day, but just to cover off on the earlier, early timeline, if that were to happen, that's as early as I would go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly they're both of them want to get out first. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So yeah, that's interesting. And, and I mean, I see where, where you're going with the 439 for the digital because 50 seems like doesn't 
really seem like that much, right? Oh, 450, or I could just get the disc one for for for, for 499. But then the 100 might, see, you know, they might not be able to do that. And and somehow, like I think I see where you're going because that 440, then it's like a 60 dollar difference. Then it's the price of a game. Then maybe you're more like like that. Ten dollars might psychologically just swing enough people to maybe consider that yeah. uh, that digital edition. So for me, I'm going to stay on the 499 train with everybody else. I think they're going to match the Series X 499 for the standard. I I'm just going more vanilla. I think it'll be 449 for the digital. Uh, and I think that look, these two companies have been just purposely, I mean, not purposely, but just coincidentally or not pretty well in lockstep for a lot of things. I mean, uh, the, the specs are fairly close. Of course, the series X does have a, a, a a definitive advantage, but they're not super far apart on the specs. Uh, we know Phil had tweeted out after the leaks for Xbox's price and release date last week that they were, Xbox was going to give all that out this week which is what Sony, we presume, is doing tomorrow. Uh, so they were both going to do prices and release dates the same week. So my, I'm betting that they're both going to end up releasing at the same time as well. So I'm going to go with Friday, November 13th, just a few days after Xbox in that same week, which leads us to Brennan Tyrell. Where, how are you feeling, my friend? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> what an intro. Um so as far as price goes, Destin and I actually landed on the same price. I think uh, we're looking at five, uh, four ninety nine or five hundred for the main SKU, and then three ninety nine for the digital version. Um, I don't think an optical drive is going to cost an extra hundred bucks, so they'll have to eat a little bit of cost. But I think they're going to do what they can to try uh, to bring themselves into parity with the Series S, as yeah. you know, as close as possible. I don't think that they can hit three with that, um, just sort of based on what's going into the hardware and right. sort of where they are in the market wise Microsoft is eating just eating cost right now in order to sort of you know uh, create artificial value I guess you could call it for consumers um, all that to say I, I, I think they're going to try but I don't think they're going to be able to get as low as the Series S so I'm coming in at 500 400 um, as far as release dates go uh, based on a couple of things, I think they're going to go later in the month. Um, I think they're going to go on November 24th, which is the last Tuesday in November. Is it the last Tuesday? Yeah. So right before it, like as close to Black Friday as you can yeah. get. Yeah. So which I is mean, what Microsoft did with the Xbox One. They were November 22nd. They were they were later in the month last time. Right. So Tuesdays tend to be launch days, um, and you know the final week in November, the last Tuesday is November 24th. Sort of historically and school of thought tells us that you kind of have to go out before Black Friday in order. That's a huge shopping day for people. That's when a lot of Christmas gifts are purchased. That's when a lot of people are going out and buying things that they wouldn't normally buy throughout the year. Um, So you got to be out by Black Friday Um, with the distribution issues that we've heard of or or whether, you know, whether they're they're manufactured or real. um, They're supposedly going to be fewer units on the market. Um, yeah, their you know, production yields. There was a Bloomberg story that their production yields aren't great, so that they had right. to cut their their production by like four million or something. Yeah, right? for the first uh, for the first year, I believe it is. Oh wow, okay. So just all of these factors coming in and and uh, taking into account that Sony knows they own the market right now, they don't really have to worry about being first 
by a matter of weeks. Um, people who are dead set on PlayStation will buy a PlayStation and it'll probably sell out. So I don't think, you know, two weeks, two weeks and some change is really is really an issue there. So I'm guessing they're going to go a little later in November. Um, November 24th is what I would guess. And I can't wait to see how wrong we are tomorrow <laughs> when <laughs> when they reveal yeah. it's coming out at the end of October. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see. Go ahead, Destin. Yeah, I'm really curious. Does anybody think there's any world where they just launch in December? No, like no. with the no. pro- with the production issues and everything, you just think there's no chance. Hmm. Yeah, for a number of reasons. One one being, you know, you got to really capture the holiday season shopping, which starts in November. And another one being there are a bunch of third party games, next gen games that are releasing in early to mid November that you're basically conceding third party sales to Xbox on. If you don't, you know, jump on that. Neither of these consoles are going to have a super strong first party uh, launch lineup. So your Assassin's Creed, your Call of Duties, like all those things are going to sell really well on third party. And you have to you have to capture some of that because. Destin, if you buy COD on the Xbox and we always play COD together, mm-hmm. well, now I have to buy COD on an Xbox, you know? Yeah. And and if your date's right, that's going to be just really good for Xbox. <laughs> yeah, because then yeah. Cyberpunk yeah. Will, will debut, will make its kind of next-gen debut. It's next-gen compatible debut on the Xbox Series X mm-hmm. first. Yeah. But yeah, as, as Brandon said, we'll see how wrong we all are. And as you're hearing and listening to this, you might already know how wrong we all were, but but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be curious to see. It, it's I find it interesting that we're all in agreement on four ninety nine that they're going to be the same price as the Series X. So we'll see if Sony has any any uh, surprises one way or the other, either uh, either undercutting or I think it would be more likely that we'd be wrong that maybe we're all being too conservative and that it, it'll end up being a little higher. But we shall see. All right, let's get to the news this week. Uh, I want to start with a story that, to be explicitly clear, has already been very much debunked by Bungie. But I think this is worth discussing anyway, because there was talk um, that Microsoft and Bungie might be wanting to uh, go back to the altar and get remarried. So this was a fun rumor over the weekend. Uh, Games Beat's Jeffrey Grubb said on a podcast, I've heard that that negotiations... Well, he says, I've heard that they've fallen through repeatedly, referring to uh, negotiations for Microsoft to reacquire Bungie. Eurogamer said they they were corroborated that story on their with their own sources, uh, adding that they've that, quote, driven. There's been a drive on Bungie's side set by a desire, uh, excuse me, a drive on Bungie's side, but uh, by a desire to raise new funds for the studio, its projects and staff but that the uh, they could not come together on a price to acquire the studio at. So uh, Bungie coming out denying this. Bungie CEO Pete Parsons took to Twitter to simply say, this is false. And Bungie's director of global PR, Vanessa Vanassen, saying all of the info and speculation out there is not true. We are lucky to have a great relationship with our many friends at Microsoft who play Destiny, <laughs> Phil, uh, and Halo will always have a special place in our hearts. So I, I just found it very interesting that there were a couple of outlets bouncing around with this. And I actually had to go back to uh, an email. So I checked in with a 343 connected source of mine back when Infinite was delayed. Just to say, you know, you got any sort of, how are things over there? How are, how, how are things? 
And of the things that I was told, one of them was, again, unprompted. I just I just wanted to know kind of what was how things were going at the studio. And my source came back with uh, that they heard rumors about something big uh, or high level talks between Microsoft and Bungie. Uh, but they weren't sure what it was related to, whether it was Halo or anything else. So just that's my little little two cents to throw at that. So it, cl- it seems clear that they were that they were discussing something, but uh, whether or not it was an actual acquisition, certainly. But Bungie is denying that. Destin, you are a you know Bungie better than any of us these days, being such a big Destiny player and the host of Fire Team Chat. So I'm kind of curious how you feel about this. What's your take on the situation? I mean, we know that they've made a Game Pass deal for for Beyond Light and mm-hmm. uh you know there's a there's sort of a re-strengthening of of that partnership there, but what do you make of of these rumors and and denials and this whole situation? Yeah, the idea that uh they were going to be acquired just doesn't seem in line with what Pete Parsons told us about a year ago after they went independent and their goals for the company. They're currently developing a second IP. um, And maybe there were talks about that exclusively launching on Xbox or something like that. I could see being the the big thing that they were discussing. Um, But them being purchased by Microsoft, I just don't see that as their goal currently as a company. I see them as going towards being like the next Ubisoft or um, uh, a, a company Maybe, like Maybe would Gearbox even be a, yeah, a ge- good comparison? Like yeah, sort Gear- of your own self-sustaining, self-publishing entity? Yeah, Gearbox would be better. I, I had written down Activision. I was trying to think of companies that like, they're trying to be independent, right? And, and right. build their own thing. They have this fantastic franchise in Destiny that's uh, still thriving and uh, they're independent. They're developing a new IP which is really, really exciting for them. And, and uh, when we talked to Pete uh, at, the, at the start of this uh, independence, it really seemed like they were really excited about the future and really giving it a go independently. So um, I, I, would be, I would have been shocked if, if Microsoft or Xbox had, had purchased them. Brandon, what do you think? <clears throat> I mean, there's... There's not much to say, really. You know, a rumor is a rumor. I like you and Destin both said. I mean, there are high-level talks about, you know, business things all the time, right? So this could have been uh, this could have been an issue of like maybe something getting lost in the game of telephone as it gets passed down, right? Um, you know, like Destin said, something that was interesting. If they're looking to raise funds, maybe they're talking about a potential partnership for exclusivity for whatever their next IP is. That's always you know, within the realm of reason. Um, but you don't, I agree with both of you guys, you don't shudder. And, and, and what he said, you know, on the record, um, you know, for quite some time, which is you don't shudder and become independent only to get purchased by another company, unless that was your goal in the first place. And they were so staunch about wanting to be independent. And you actually see a model for like major AAA independent studios these days, like CDPR, um, that you can continue to make your games and and you know find your place in that market without needing to be owned um, by a first party or or even really be a second party studio, right? Which is you're not owned, but you make games specifically yeah. for one one uh, right. first party manufacturer. So I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a big game of like I heard, and then they said no, that's not true. So at this point, there's not really much to say about it. Miranda, any any take here? Uh, as 
everyone has mentioned, high-level talks can mean a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily mean acquisition. It could just be, yeah, again, exclusivity or some sort of partnership, partnerships with games and specific consoles are not necessarily uncommon. I think as we get into next gen too, like there's a lot of potential there for people to switch up who they want to partner with in this next cycle. So yeah, I could probably see it being more of that rather than acquisition. Yeah. And, and when you think about it too, like Microsoft acquired a number of studios uh, over the last couple of years, and most of them have been smaller to mid-sized studios. Like I think staff wise, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, my gut tells me that Obsidian was probably the largest studio as far as headcount and overhead. I mean, Compulsion, small studio. Uh, Playground's actually not super big. Um, In Exile is small. That's like 30, 40 people. Or it was. They've, you know, they've been hiring for that Unreal Engine 5 RPG. But a lot of the studios are, and of course, um, the initiative, they've started from scratch and they've been growing that up. Yeah. But um, but Bungie, Destin, correct me if I'm wrong, it, I believe Bungie is something like 400 plus people, maybe even more than that. I, th- these I, think, days. It's, like, I think it's 500 plus, Ryan. It, 500, they're they're yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, to, I think Obsidian is 250 to three, which okay. would be their, their largest. Yeah. Yeah. Number so, of employees, 600 in 2019. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. That's so Around. that is the, the, first of all, the cost to even acquire Bungie with a studio that size with the Destiny IP and all that would be immense. Second, the overhead of running that studio would be a lot. It would be more, it would basically be, I mean, again, I'm, I don't have access to their books, but just on paper, it would seem like maintaining Bungie and funding Bungie and all 600 something people, it would cost them more than like half of their other studios combined. Like all, most of those new acquisitions that we just mentioned, yeah. like Bungie would be very expensive in that regard. And but you, you do have to factor in that they, this is a studio that already has a, an ongoing product that generates revenue for them, right? Like Destiny, true. Is, the game as a service will continue to generate revenue. Whether or not that balances out the overhead, I, 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 I don't know. I doubt it. Right. But, yeah. but you're not gonna you're not gonna cut off PlayStation support Absolutely. and just turn it yeah. turn Destiny exclusive for either currently or future Destiny projects because. That the first of all, that's already yeah, it's too right. big. It's like Mojang, right? You can't take Minecraft away from PlayStation. Exactly. Yeah, it would be foolish. It would be foolish from any number of perspectives to to just chop off uh, your what is. Let's be honest. Probably the, their largest player base is going to be the mm-hmm. PlayStation uh, player base, just given the the way the, the the market is. And you're not going to suddenly give them Halo back if you were to buy them. Because you already have a pretty good size, pretty expensive studio in three four three to do that, and who's to say that Bungie would even want to go back to Halo, or that they could even recreate, you know, recapture that lightning in the bottle, right? Like that team is not the team that created Mar- Halo. Yeah, Marcus Leto gone, uh, Jamie Greismer gone, Marty O'Donnell gone. I mean, it's not saying I mean Jason uh, Jason Jones is still there, but he's sort of the the wizard the Wizard of Oz there, the man behind the curtain, but. Um, but yeah, like, okay, you could, you could spin up a new shooter, like a new IP, whether it's the Destin, is it, is it called matter? Is that the code name for it? Am I remembering oh, that right? I, I think you're right, I, but I don't remember. Okay. But yeah, they have talked a little bit about their new IP, but in any case, it just, to me as again, an armchair idiot who doesn't really know anything, but it, 
on the surface, it just doesn't seem like it would add up to spend what it would take to not only acquire Bungie, but to run it and maintain it. Um, that it seems like a, a pretty steep thing. So I'm, I, I do believe Bungie's denials on this. Like sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes it's like, you're, no, you're, you're, <laughs> you, you are doing the thing that you're denying, but you just can't admit it yet. But in this case, I totally believe them. So we'll see. Uh, but it was still a kind of an interesting story to bubble back up because a lot of the chatter I saw in the Xbox community was, oh, they're going to, they're going to reacquire Bungie and Halo will be awesome again. It's like, no, there's yeah, I, stop right there. Bungie's done with the, that. Yeah, the biggest thing there is like the desire to make Halo again. I don't think that's that's a thing. Like even if they were part of the Xbox family again, that would still stay with 343. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of taking the piss out of 343 too, right? Yeah. Like, like I mean, yeah, their game isn't even their game isn't even out yet. Like, give it time. Let's see how Halo Five shakes out. I know it may, <laughs> depending on which corner of the internet you hang out with, it didn't have a great first <laughs> showing. But you know, it's another year of development. We assume, I assume, yeah, I should say. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, next up this week, so the just an interesting thing here: the Xbox Series S unveil that I again I mentioned earlier, Microsoft was gonna do this week that that was that was leaked by Windows Central. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the presentation, the virtual press briefing, has leaked online, and you can watch it if you want to. Uh, we were all watching it before we recorded this. And uh, so the credit here goes to the Twitter account walking cat, which is at underscore H zero X zero D underscore. So I'll make sure I've got that correct. But walking cat has posted this. I don't know where, where it came from, but it's clearly real because it's, it's Phil Spencer sitting there on a <laughs> one of those deep fake videos with, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the series S. And I, I want to just go around the table real quick as we're already half an hour into the show, but uh, Miranda, what what did you think of of watching this and sort of thinking about it as v- what the original plan was supposed to be and and how you feel about it versus how how Microsoft ended up adapting and 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 ha- handling last week? Boy, I really had to focus on these videos. <laughs> they were so dry, and I was like, "No, Miranda, don't look at Twitter. Focus on the video." Uh, basically, if you haven't seen these, there's nothing new in it that we don't already know. I think. I understand what they're trying to do with this as far as trying to really get their point across as to what the Series S is and what how it fits in their market, how they really wanted to make it an easier point of entry into this ecosystem. But they said it was so many words, so <laughs> many words. And so it was... It was a dry one and 30 minutes. <laughs> it was a half an hour. Uh, <laughs> it was just a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, here we're still going. I was like, how long are each of these videos? So I think it's broken up into four parts. Uh, and yeah. I think <laughs> I like I think we we had Dustin brought up we weren't sure if this was meant for the public because I think people would not have enjoyed this at all. It is not flashy. It is very, again, straightforward. A lot of talking heads and then some videos. And that makes it kind of hard to pay attention to, especially when you're like spouting off numbers or intent. And and I think, again, it, it was just a little bit longer than it needed to be. But yeah, it was. There it uh, is. <laughs> and, and so to be fair, because I, I know Phil's listening on the weekend while walking his dog, hopefully the Seattle air <laughs> has cleaned up because I know they're in they're in bad shape, too. We, we actually t- today was literally the first day I 
I felt comfortable walking the dog because the air quality got down enough or well got good enough to actually leave the house it's been the west coast has been if you haven't read in the news friends the the west coast has been just ravaged by wildfires and the the smoke is making the air extremely unhealthy for for most of the entire west coast it's been a it's been a tough go but um uh yeah brandon you had mentioned before we went on the air that you thought that the labeling of this that maybe it was just for media to to write stories off of and get quotes from. And it's, I guess the, the other caveat would be, it's also possible that, that they weren't done editing this, that they there could have been more, right, right. more things put on it. But yeah, Brandon, go ahead. I mean, that was basically the gist of it. Yeah. I mean, right as the video starts, it says press briefing. So I don't know if this was the main asset that they were going to use to announce. Uh, this seems more like something that they would send to press uh, a day or two prior in order to, as Ryan said, get stories ready, pull quotes from, get all the information. It is very much, Sorry. it's a lot of steak, not a whole lot of sizzle, as Miranda said, um, <laughs> more succinctly. That I wonder if this was intended to go to the, the to the you know, mass consumer. Um, I don't know. I, I imagine that you never, ever, ever, ever plan for a leak. I thought Microsoft's marketing team handled it fantastically. I thought that it was, <laughs> I thought that it was a best case scenario for yeah. a leak. And now seeing this press briefing, if this was the asset they were going to reveal to the market, uh, that leak might've been best case scenario in and of itself. So um, again, you never plan for that, but I don't know that this was the... Here's the, here's the thing, though, is that clearly a lot of production and a lot of polish went into this. Like Ryan said, maybe it didn't have the music and the, the stingers on there. And it did have some graphics, but <clears throat> maybe this wasn't the final product. Um, I don't I think that they uh, they lucked out not having to if, if this was their intent. I think they lucked out not having to reveal this as, hey, here's all the information about the next gen. Um my my thought process is they would have revealed this to the press, uh, you know, ahead of time in order to write their stories and then done some sort of more consumer facing, you know, reveal like right. big, sexy trailer, big graphics, prices, logos, all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe the, and then, the, the cool trailer that we did get that they did right. put out last. Absolutely. Week, right? Yeah. And it, it was a very good trailer. Like they're team that whole team knows exactly what they're doing so um i got to imagine that they they understood that you know this was with all the info and uh, you know it was very very dense um it was just very also dry so i, I got to imagine they they hit the the more consumer facing thing with a big sexy trailer and all that jazz and then maybe let let this go later in the day or the following day in order to make sure all that information is out there as well because you know, we're in the we're in the industry, we're in the ecosystem, we follow this stuff daily. And just all the different phrases and terms and that were being thrown out in this video, it, it doesn't seem like something that you just kind of want to toss into the market and hope they they figure it out. So, right. so um, uh, yeah, really quickly, I will say also what made it harder to watch is maybe just because we already did know so much of this. So it was mm -hmm. kind of felt like we were checking off a list of did they talk about this? Right. They did. Then yeah. next point. So yeah. But they did yeah. hit all their other points that I think are important. Obviously, they got the oh, price yeah, date, important. but they talked about right. all access, which is, I think, huge. I don't think I, – I hope, hopefully people do, but, like, people aren't making a big enough deal about all access. Like, you can get a console and two – was it two, 24 months of, yeah, two of years. Ultimate with – 
you know, no money down. Like tomorrow you can get that once these things go live. It's just such a crazy initiative that I, I'm kind of just shocked that people aren't, you know, shouting it from the rooftops, I guess. Fair point. And yeah, I think you did also bring up a great point, Brandon, that the, the Xbox, the Xbox social media team in particular really just did an um, amazing job in the face yeah. of the, that leak last week. Like they, they were responded quickly. They, they were, as Miranda pointed out, they were tongue in cheek, like mm-hmm. with the memes and, uh, but, and then they, they came out with the proper information and they really messaged it well under duress. Like they did a, and yeah. at the end of the day, like everybody was jazzed about the series S by the end of that day, by the and end I of think- by, after the dust had settled. I think that's where the magic from that reveal came from because it was so, oh my God, it was so positive. I remember I was, I was in bed and like scrolling through Twitter, like watching the whole thing unfold and every five or 10 minutes, like a new piece of the puzzle dropped and it was so positive. And what I think it was, was people had the opportunity to discover all this, the value of it, right? Like the, the cool information about it. Like people were actively like, Hey, look at what we found. This is awesome. Rather than having it told to you and, and said to you why it was such a great deal and such a great value. People were actively discovering it and feeding off the positivity that other people had when they discovered it. Um, I think that whole team deserves just such a standing ovation for that thing. And, and um, like I said, if that press briefing was going to be the, you know, the sort of salvo of information to the market um, that might've, you know, the leak might've been the best case scenario. All right. Uh, there's plenty more to cover. We're starting to run a time already. I wanted to quickly note a story from this week via uh, videogameschronicle.com who got a statement on this. Just, this is a thing like, this isn't a bad thing. This isn't an unexpected thing, but just as sort of a PSA, I guess. So the series S I'll just read you the Microsoft statement. Cause that's just straight from their mouth. Xbox Series S was designed to be the most affordable next-generation console and play next-generation games at 1440p at 60 frames per second. To deliver the highest quality backwards compatible experience consistent with the developer's original intent, the the Xbox Series S runs the Xbox One S version of the backward compatible games while applying improved texture filtering, higher and more consistent frame rates, faster load times and auto HDR. So that you are getting a bunch of benefits by playing those backward compatible titles on the Series S, but basically you're just not getting it, the the Xbox One X enhancements that any game may have had, mainly just because you see there are good things there, texture filtering, frame rate boost, load times, HDR, but basically you're just not getting the 4K because, of course, the One X was designed to run those games in 4K. The Series S isn't a 4K box. So this kind of got... I wanted to... Hopefully I'm explaining this clearly enough uh, because I saw this kind of get passed around this week and it's like it's worth mentioning for sure, but it's not really... It's not a bad thing. It's just make, making sure your expectations are properly calibrated. That The Series S is a next generation box, but it's not a 4k box. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) The capabilities. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but as I was thinking about this last night, I I put it together that the Xbox one X is to the Xbox series X as the Xbox one S is to the Xbox series S. Right. Exactly. So it's just the next gen version. What's that? 
even in their original prices. Like there's Absolutely. a lot of parallels. And color schemes. So yes. uh, it's just, you know, the next gen iterations of those two lines of products, which seems pretty self-explanatory if you understand yeah. the, the uh, I guess, the family of devices, but. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there not. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, all right. I wanted to bring this one up. Is this, like, I don't want to be the, the person or on the, the podcast that's just hating on new game announcements, but I, did, I, I, I want to get your guys. I actually haven't talked to you guys about this. I've talked to some of our other staff on other shows, but the Prince of Persia Sands of Time full remake that Ubisoft announced that Ubisoft forward last week. So it's, it's out pretty soon, January 21st, 2021. So not this holiday, but be one of the first uh, games to look forward to in the new year. It's uh, So it is a full-blown remake, not a remaster of what is definitely my favorite of the Prince of Persia games. It was on the original Xbox, uh, just a, a tremendous game with the time-shifting abilities. And uh, so this remake, though, it's not for Series S uh, or X. It's for the Xbox One and the what is still current generation of consoles. When you guys watched the trailer, how what was your reaction to it, out of curiosity, both the game itself and what you saw on screen? I'm going to go uh, to Destin first on this. Um, I know I'm kind of leading yeah. you there, but well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I, I'm, I actually didn't get to watch it yet. So I'm looking okay. at it right now, and I'm not really super impressed. Uh, it, it looks really plasticky, and I mean... Yeah, it's it's definitely a remake. I'm just surprised at the art direction more than anything. Um, yeah, so I, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I would have liked a little bit more of a realistic look as opposed to a cartoon sort of look. Funnily Miranda, enough, I, w- I was watching the movie the other day. <laughs> uh, the Prince of Persia movie. Yes. Yeah, and it? Oh, uh, it wasn't yeah, half there's bad. a movie. Yeah. Miranda, how did, what did you think of, the, of, the, of this uh, reveal? Uh, so I think we're, pr- we're probably all on the same page of being a little bit of, uh, it's a big old question mark. It's like, what, what happened guys? What, are we in next gen time? I, I kind of feel bad because I feel like a lot of people were probably really looking forward to this and it's not really meeting up that, I think really excitement of standards that we have for the coming console generation. So when it was announced at the forward, was it announced for a specific platform? Uh, Xbox One, PS4, PC. Okay, so it was yeah. announced as a current gen game. Yeah, yeah, sort of and a... it's forty bucks to just. So yeah. it's not a. It's it is yeah. forty dollars. This is not a sixty dollar thing. But I'll tell you guys, I so I heard about this a little ahead of time, and so in my head I'm going, yes, <laughs> yes, this is. I love this game. I haven't played it since it came out. It, the art style of the original was phenomenal. It was very colorful. Uh, it's just. It's a, it was a classic in that generation, mm-hmm. and then and and when I was told when I heard that it was a remake, not a remaster, like I'm I'm personally pretty over remasters for the most part, uh, but remakes. I mean, the, you look at Resident Evil Two and then Resident Evil Three, which followed, and you look at Mafia Definitive Edition, the Mafia One remake, which actually is out in like a week. I got to preview that. I had a I've, I have a build on my PC, so I've like I've had it right right here and played it. And that is to say that 
those games as remakes versus remasters are incredibly impressive. Like they look like new 2020 products or in Resident Evil 2's case, I guess was that a year or two ago, but you know, they look fresh, they look modern, they look new and boy, yeah, I, I, the, the, my excitement that I had going into that Prince of Persia remake announcement definitely deflated a bit. What it was, uh, the character models do not look good. They look like plastic um, toys. It's, yeah, it's strange. I don't know what the hair is really awkward. Like, I've I actually just have it on right now, and that's something that always bothers me when it just looks like chunky almost. Yeah, I mean, so, that's the art direction like, they chose, is just not a fan. <laughs> yeah, again, like, I don't want to, ha- I'm like, I am still looking forward to playing this game again. I just, I'm a little disappointed by the visuals shown off in this. And, and while they did, to be fair, to be fair, they did label it alpha gameplay. The reality is I've se- I've been around long enough. I've been I'm coming up on my 18 year anniversary of doing this. I've seen enough games where we're here in September. Uh, this game's out in four months. It's probably not going to look too much different than than what you saw there. So good to have a remake. Good to have a great game come back. Bummed that it's not a Series X game a series x generation game series x optimized and bummed at what it looks like but uh, at least 40 bucks coming in january it will no doubt be compatible on the on the series x if you're if you're buying a new console this holiday but it is not designed for it and certainly unfortunately does not look like a series x or even it's even borderline xbox one caliber game all right, let me just do a quick time check here. We are running out of time, so actually I'll save save these next this last story for next week because it's a good one. I want to go to the loot box here. Uh, we've got a question coming in again. The Yappa comments. I want to. We want to see you. We we're gonna put we're gonna put you on unlocked. You can have a quick guest appearance on unlocked every week if you just leave a voice uh, slash a video comment on IGN. And the way to do that is to go to this episode's page. So just Google IGN Podcast Unlocked 461 and write down, you go down to the comments, just above the comments, you'll see the the Yappa thing. And you don't have to make a Yappa account. You can log in with Discuss if you have a Discuss account from other sites. You can log in with your LinkedIn account, Facebook account, or Google account. And you can leave us a Yappa video loot box question as Rodney did. Hello, IGN Unlocked crew. My name is Rodney. I'm an avid watcher of your, your podcasts and your videos on YouTube in general. Uh, I've, I'm a primary Xbox player. I've been that way since 2001 when the OG released. Uh, I have a question for you guys, and that is, do you think that Microsoft potentially didn't actually say what the Series X's price would be, mainly because they're waiting still for this game of chicken uh, and for Sony to say first what their PlayStation 5 will be so that can still them um i know this seems a little bit on the conspiracy side but i truly believe that microsoft has something major up their sleeve what do you guys think brandon let me go to you first on this what do you think of rodney is uh, because i've seen this sentiment a lot in the Mm -hmm. xbox community based on i think phil's comments on this show saying that they would (laughs) remain agile in price and that he had the backing of Microsoft CFO and CEO to do what he needed to do price wise. So what do you think? Yeah, that that agility has already happened, I think. Um, 
look, they these two companies know roughly what each other is doing, right? Like they they have understandings about where your competitor can come in, sort of what they're thinking. Uh, I think that agility affords them an opportunity to price in a ballpark um, ahead of time. But we're at a point now where distribution is being kicked up, marketing is already done, uh, messaging has been sent. Like we're at a point now where these prices are the prices for the holiday season. So maybe after the fact, yeah, maybe they've got some more flexibility to drop the price in year one. Pre um, pre-orders start next week too. Yeah, absolutely. Like things are locked in, things are moving now. Um, I don't think there's much room for them now to say like, psych, actually we're dropping the price again. It's going to be, you know, 250 and 450. Um, I think, I think what you see now is what you get and they are probably fairly confident where they're coming in at a price point versus, you know, what Sony's planning on doing. But I don't imagine now, uh, I, I would say the odds of them dropping the price even further uh, between now and the launch are, are next to zero. Destin, real quick. Yeah, so um, Xbox already has a killer lineup with their uh, program where you can walk out of a store pay $25 and have a next gen console under your arm with a what is it two years of game pass two branded? Years of game pass yeah. Ultimate, yeah you yeah. you wind up paying 20 bucks less over two years for game pass and a console when you walk out the door it, it's just absolutely phenomenal and a lot of people brought up the credit check like uh they win pricing wise sony has a, a shortage they're not going to be able to meet demand so xbox is going to be picking up a lot of the slack there and just look, everybody's going to win this holiday, I think. Miranda? I think, Rodney, if we are going to see anything special as far as pricing or deals or bundles, I think that's going to be maybe around Halo time or even maybe next spring. We don't really know when Halo's going to come out, but I could see them saying like, oh, hey, we're going to have a special deal where we're throwing extra controllers in or something with this and like maybe this one game and also a um, as they always do their game pass bundles or like trials that come in the box. Uh, I think we could see some stuff like that. And then like really push that of like a, Hey, we want you to be able to game with your family or your friends or your roommates or whoever you live with. And so try to push like that angle instead. I think that's the really the only thing they could do at this point, but that's again, would be later rather than right now. I think things as everyone has said are, are set as they are. Brandon, it sounds like Penny wants to chime in on this topic. Sorry, too. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apologies, everyone. My dog has a friend over. As Ryan said, the air is too bad. Yeah, it's, it's play rough. dates, and apparently there's a fight club going on in my living room. <laughs> Rule oh. one. Uh, all right, let's do unlock blog trivia really quickly here. This is a good one. This stumped me. Uh, and and Miranda, you can't pull any any youthful excuses on this one. This is an Xbox One generation trivia question. But I will say. I, w- I don't think I would have gotten this one right. This is a great question from Adam, who writes in and asks, as of the one-year anniversary of the Xbox One, so as of November 2014, which of the following was the most popular achievement unlocked on the Xbox One? In other words, which of the following achievements was unlocked the most in year one of the Xbox One? Was it the achievement called Spatial Awareness from Call of Duty Ghosts? which of course launched in uh, 2013 was it the build yourself achievement in titanfall which uh, that game came out of course big game came out in uh, exclusive to xbox in march of 2014 14. right after launch mm-hmm. there shipwright 
achievement in Destiny. Destin, of course, Destiny uh, was 20. That was 2013 as well, or was Destiny 2014? I don't quite remember. But then Forza Motorsport 5 is your final choice. That was definitely a day one launch game. Welcome to Forza Motorsport achievement there. So you've got a couple of launch games and a couple of launch window games. So what do you guys say? I'm going to go Brandon's way first here. Uh, okay. Let me just lay the reasoning out then. I, All right, do it. Um, what are our options now? Destiny and... Destiny, Titanfall, Call of Duty Ghosts, and okay. Forza 5. So Titanfall came out March 14. Destiny, I believe, came out in September of 14, which would have given it roughly two months. Yeah, uh, Forza is my blind out. spot. I'm not sure about it. Um, because Call of Duty Ghosts came out in 13, and I believe Spatial Awareness was like the achievement. Every game has an achievement that you unlock just for turning it on or something like that. Um, I think it's probably Call of Duty just because it's going to have... A longer time on the console and more players. Okay, there. Those are right. my notes. I I don't remember this achievement specifically, but uh, Ghost does begin in space, so it could uh, be could be right. a, a achievement that you get right at the beginning of the game. Uh, Miranda, you're next. This is one of the points when I wish I would have looked at the Call of Duty achievements more often because I feel like it's probably Call of Duty, just given the the number of people who do play it. But there sometimes are those tricky ones that you do have to go out of your way to get. I know some of the multiplayer achievements tend to be harder to get, but I'm not, I don't know if that is multiplayer. But I, I remember the campaign. Uh, <laughs> I think it's good. To, I'm going to go with Call of Duty. Okay, well. so both of you on Call of Duty so far. Destin, do you want to agree or go with another option here? So I know Welcome to Forza Motorsport you get when you turn it on. That's that's mm-hmm. the one you get when you turn it on. I assume spatial awareness is for playing the campaign of Call of Duty, and while it has I the largest, so. well, has the largest uh, number of players, it was also cross-platform uh, for Call of Duty. I'm going to go with Destiny. Okay, <laughs> even though it only had roughly two months of time and was also cross-platform, I feel like Call of Duty is too obvious. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Like it kind of seemed mm-hmm. like the easy. But just yeah. kind of crunching the numbers of how long people have played. Or yeah, will have I'm, I'm down to t- Destiny Forza, like with my choice, and I just like Destiny, and I don't feel like I it's Titanfall. Be, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's Forza. Titanfall. I, I was down between either. yeah, Call of Duty or Forza, and I'm just kind of. Yeah. Like, this is a good question. This, this is, is a really great good. Question. That yeah, achievement this, in uh, Destiny is like when you get the ship, so you play through the yeah. first mission, and then you get that. Yeah, so well, you all, all of these are. Yeah. The build yourself achievement, I think, is creating a custom loadout or or creating a loadout Probably. in multiplayer. Yeah, nobody. And Forza is turning it on. Yeah. Hmm. All, right, all right, Ryan. Well, uh, Adam stumped you all. It was oh. Forza Motorsport Five. Ah. Welcome to Forza Motorsport. He knew I'd so pick Adam, Destiny. It makes brilliant sense. work. Big first yeah. party game, yeah. super yeah. easy achievement. Everyone so, who plays it is going to get. I did a feature, and I was like, really. <laughs> Because I turned it on and got it. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> this was an excellent trivia question. And by the way, I need more good Xbox trivia questions. Not, you know, nothing too outlandish that nobody would ever know in a million years, but something this this is like the perfect example of an excellent Xbox trivia question. So thank you, Adam. And if any of you out there have an Xbox trivia question that you want to try and stump the panel with, like Adam did, send it to me via email unlocked at ign.com is the email address include the question the answer 
uh, among four multiple choice answers, noting which one is the correct one. So great stuff, Adam. And again, the uh, make sure to give your your Yappa comment for loot box. I'm ha- we're having fun with that segment as well. It's good to have the audience involved uh, quite directly on that. And that will do it for unlocked. Uh, I'm I'm totally off on the time. I'm probably going to get yelled at by some producer somewhere for uh for not sticking to proper time. But Ryan, oh well. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's be Destin that yells at me. That's the producer, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> anyway, do you want me to go on for like? No. 12, 14 more minutes? <laughs> no, we'll just cut out the <laughs> trivia block for OTT. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I wanted to mention the kickoff of IGN First happening today as of the recording. Our IGN UK team doing a deep dive on Immortals Phoenix Rising, the artist formerly known as Gods and Monsters, a very Zelda Breath of the Wildy type uh, open world action adventure game that is coming, of course, to all platforms, including Xbox One. So stay tuned for the IGN First coverage on that. Brandon? Hey, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell, just my name. Easy. Destin? Yes, uh, follow me on Twitter, I guess, at Destin Laguerre. <laughs> Miranda, take us home. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at Have It Grows and Let's Have It With the Cake. Easy, I think easy. Destin's actually mad at me. Like, no. That's- no, no. <laughs> that's that's look of frustration right there. Oh, it's all good. Uh, this was this was unlocked four sixty one. Uh, this was the last show of my thirties. I'll see you in my forties after this. Oh wow! Um, I will not. Well, be- early happy birthday! Thank you. Yay. Happy birthday! Right? Happy birthday! Yeah, I was hoping to do something you know out of town special. That's not happening given current world events. But uh, I am still taking a, a long weekend. Uh, so Miranda will be your host. Your kind. Your kind uh, shepherd through all things Xbox next week and and whatever she has planned. So I will I will see you guys in two weeks. But of course, Unlocked will go on as usual next week with Miranda and company. So happy gaming, everybody, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>